With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, Don't you dare be sour. Clap for your world famous two-time champs and feel the power. It's a new day. Yes, it is. For 12-pack radio. Get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the beta Rank college football statistical model. And we're doing simulcast, simulcast, bow, bow, bow. We're doing podcasts. We're doing videos. Thank you for joining us. It's been a while since the podcast has been uh, back on the air, and we are back for another season. 2023 is right around the corner. We're diving into to our rosters. We're looking at the 7,000 transfers that have gone back and forth. I know Rob Bowron's been already firing on all cylinders with Sharp College Football, putting the videos up, and we're excited to get into the West Coast, talk West Coast football, talk about the Pac-12 Conference. And Rob, frankly, like, in the in the absence, you know, it, oftentimes we would go every week through the off season, and this this past year was so difficult because there were so many transfers, and it was the, the will they won't they type of thing. Whether like the Pac-12 conference was actually going to exist and who is leaving and who's not, and there was that scene in um, in Mad Men when uh, a spoiler alert for anybody that actually like watched the the, the show. Like I'm I'm. It, it went off the rails real fast. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when six episodes in a row, nothing happened. I think that was kind of when I was out. But th- there's a scene where Don Draper's identity gets released, and and Pete comes to the boss, and he's like, he's saying all this stuff. He's like, he's not real. It's not actually who it is. And the boss just goes like, who cares? Just, who cares? And that's what I felt this off season for the Pac-12. Like, I just don't care. You know, like Don Draper's cranking along, doing his work. College football is cranking along doing their work, and I'm so excited to dive into these rosters and really get into some of these teams. We'll mock some. We'll, we'll enjoy some. I think there's been some really interesting quarterbacks that, that have entered the, the league. And uh, how have you been, Rob? What's, what's been going on in your end? What's going on at Sharp College Football? Well, I mean, I, first off is I really enjoyed the break. <laughs> as much as i miss some of you and your questions and getting to do the previews and everything like uh, a couple years straight of this had been i was like all right man like i actually i needed a break um but yeah i would uh jumping into the previews which is always a fun part of the college football season um and it's you know like i'm really i'm really excited for the season because i mean you kind of look across the college football landscape and both, I think, for the overall national championship with Georgia bringing back Mike Bobo and uh, Tommy Rees being the offensive coordinator in Alabama. I mean, I just think like the top teams have a little bit more of a ceiling than they've had in past couple seasons. Right. Um, and that's going to maybe make for a, a more wide open national championship race. Um, we'll see. I mean, Georgia could put together another like amazing defense like they had in 21. Um, but the Pac-12, like this is, I mean, for, you know, the, the, the last, uh, the last hurrah, um, 
this is a really fun season. Like it's shaping up to be, I think, a really, really fun college football season in the Pac-12, with the exception of just a handful of schools who may not um, have a lot of hope coming into the year. There's a couple really good teams at the top. It's all going to depend on you know who's who's likely to put it you know most together. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the, you know the 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 Pac-12, I think, and, and in particular too. Like last year, we had misses. Like this year. You know, Washington has to play USC and Utah, right? Like, you know, we're not going to have the kind of misses where we had last season. Like the top teams are really going to face each other. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. I think one of the things that really jumped out for me is, and we talked about this last year, and I think (laughs) this episode being the exception, these are probably two of the saddest quarterback situations in the conference. But when you take a look at the conference, we still have really good quarterback play or at least interesting quarterback play. And I think that's just so fascinating because it just gives it's it's that superpower that allows teams to be able to punch above their weight. Now, there's other, you know, other aspects that also roll into that. But oftentimes the quarterback's the best position here. So I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, what what can Michael Penix do with a second year, like you mentioned, with a different schedule where they're actually playing right. people. Right. Uh, can Bo Nix put it together again, which I think he can. I mean, like. One of the things uh, our friend Hithliday was kind of poking me like at the end of the year for being a little bit skeptical on Bo Nix. And I think rightly so, you know, he, he was was good until he wasn't and really was able to put it together at Oregon, really move that offense forward. Obviously, obviously we have the best quarterback in the country at USC. Uh, UCLA brought in a five star uh, freshman quarterback who uh, may actually beat out the Kent State transfer, which I think is right. fascinating. <laughs> um and of, and of course, you, you have the roller coaster that is Jaden Delora at the University of Arizona, where, where anything is possible. So, so I'm just I'm so stoked about, about this. Um, you know, when it comes to the conference, what else really jumped out for you in terms of things that, you know, if people are just finally dipping their toe back into that college football water, what what else really jumped out at you when it comes to the conference? I mean, I think the conference that are really good. I mean, it's interesting. I was looking across, like there are, there are a bunch of teams that went out and had to hire new offensive coordinators. Um, whether that be because like the head coach, you know, they changed head coaches or um, they were just looking for a change. Um, and I, you know, I largely really like the offensive coordinator hires across the Pac-12. I thought, you know, Washington State did a really good job in getting Arbuckle in from Western Kentucky. I think that, I mean, last year clearly did not work with yeah, Morris yeah. as OC. Good luck, Northern Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, like, I don't, and I, but I don't think that was, I mean, it, look, I mean, I, I'm hesitant to get put any, I, I don't understand people putting any eggs in the Cam Ward basket after what we saw last season. But with the new OC, like I, I think the offense should be better than what we saw last season from them. I think Oregon went out and did a really good, made a really good hire to replace Dillingham. Um, we talked about, like, I was a little surprised that Ben Baldwin is going to be the OC at Arizona State, but with Dillingham there to largely steer the ship, I think I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, hold on, hold on. I just, I just, the Drew, the Drew Pine Bo Baldwin oh, man. experience, that is. That's a choice. That's a choice. That's right. Made. But, but to your point, I think Dillingham has shown yeah. that he, he can run Well, they off. do have Rashada, too, that QB that did not work out for Florida. You know, like for he signed like that huge NIL deal that like then that NIL group went up in smoke <laughs> and he lands at Arizona State. Um, you know, but like, I mean, and there's like, oh, geez. Like, I mean, I, I like the Troy Taylor hire. Like, I mean, like I thought Taylor yeah. did a really good job at Sacramento State. 
you know, and as, as you know, I, I think that hire, I think makes a lot of sense for Stanford spat of all, you know, like he's been a really good OC in the past. You know, it's been a while since he was just a coordinator. Um, but he certainly feels like a better hire than Wilcox has made in a couple seasons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like, so I, th- I felt like that was a really good one. What was interesting, though, is if you look across the Pac-12, like, yet again, like, all the bad defensive coordinators are back. Yeah. <laughs> like, all, all of the everybody who's underperformed is still there. Which is bizarre. Um, and it'll be interesting. It was like when we kind of look at these previews, and you kind of go, the teams that are running the offense back, and then you see the Paper Tiger lineup that they're going to face you know, you're going to get a lot of those like 45, 50 point games in the Pac-12, which is interesting. But yeah, it is it is a bummer, right? Because obviously defense was the weakness in the conference and it will likely remain so. Uh, and then we take a look at some of the teams at the bottom of the conference, or at least the teams that, that are projected to be at the bottom of the conference and some of the rebuilds that are going through. Obviously, Colorado, obviously, Arizona State come to mind. You know, we're going to preview the Northern California schools, but I would argue Stanford is almost as much of a rebuild as Colorado is. I mean, it's a mess. I mean, a huge, I mean, huge rebuild. I mean, and really, Cal, I mean, man, Cal got into trouble last season. I mean, under the radar, you know, Cal was, was not a good football team last year. Um, on both sides of the football, right? Like I think people tend to think of like that Wilcox defense as being pretty good. Um, I mean, maybe by PAC 12 standards, but I mean, Cal fell all the way down to 81 overall last season. Um, and they finished at number 57 on defense, right? So like now they bring back a lot. They, you know, it could be, they were just taking their lumps last year on defense and, and breaking some guys in. And a lot of those guys are coming back this year, but Ooh, buddy, like Stanford is Stanford's a huge rebuild. They really, really, <laughs> I mean, Colorado, Colorado is flirting with like 2021 Duke for like worst power five of all time, (laughs) (laughs) you know, type, type numbers. Um, But they should be interesting. I mean, I like their offensive coordinator hire too. the guy that they brought in, who's the head coach at Kent state. Um, You know, like I, 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 you know, like I, I, you know, mileage may vary on what we get out of Colorado this season. I'm, I'm when we get to predict when we get to previewing them, it's just good. like it is going to be a finger in the wind, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that like there there are just a, there are a handful of rebuild jobs this season, but uh, I also think that like Stanford, when we talk about like oh, they need a full rebuild too, like but they've recruited well for a while, like they've got some guys on the roster now, they haven't been coached very well in a while, but they got some guys on the roster, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they are, and we'll get into that so. Let, let's take a quick break. If you're watching us on YouTube, obviously we'll just keep going. But, <laughs> but you'll, time, early, you'll time travel with us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you too can can listen to the podcast if you're you know out driving or whatnot. Uh, Twelve Pack Radio. Uh, let's talk Stanford. Let's talk Cal. Let's do it right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. We're talking Pac-12. We're talking the Northern California schools. And when we were looking at the different teams to, to I mean, hey, we started a little bit late, so we're going to have to do, you know, two days basically as we're going through all these teams. But it's, some of these teams are going to be really difficult. You know, Colorado and Arizona State, you know, who, what are those teams? What are they going to be? Even Utah. Utah I mean, we, we know what Utah is, but is quarterback going to be healthy? You know, if Cam Rising isn't healthy, that's going to be an interesting, you know, situation on that front. Um, you know, you have a lot of turnover at some of these other teams. And let's start with Cal. And uh, let's just run through the numbers because I think if you're like me, right, it took me a little while to kind of dust off the rust and all that stuff. And I was trying to remember what Cal went through, what they looked like last year. So uh, let's just run through the numbers and then we'll kind of go position by position and see what this team is going to project to be as we move forward. Yeah, I mean, so Cal last season, they finished at number 81 overall, 87 on offense. Um, They finished at 57 on defense. Um, now they ended up at overall, you know, they're over a record four and eight, only two and seven in the pack 12. And really, I mean, they, Arizona kind of Jaden Delora basically <laughs> kind of gave them that game of it. And the fact yeah. that Arizona's, you know, Arizona's defense couldn't stop anything in that game. Um, but you know, like this, this Cal team, you know, like I, the, you know, on their unit rankings last season, they really struggled with drive efficiency on offense. They really struggled with negative drives, you know, too many three and outs, too many turnovers. They were oddly enough, because I think there's a lot of hype for Ott, but like they put up most of their, they did most of their damage throwing the ball. They were at 51 overall in effective pass other than that Arizona game, which I think it like sort of put Ott on everybody's radar. He didn't have a huge year outside of that game. Um, the defense really struggled. Nothing really stands out in a major way other than that. Like they just fell off significantly. Now, Wilcox defenses haven't been world beaters. They've sort of been in that like 25 middle of the power five type range at their best. Um, but falling all the way to 57 to be a power, bad power five defense is pretty rough. They're going to like, they're going to have to be able to turn that around next season for sure. Cause I wouldn't expect even with, if Spadaball hits, I wouldn't expect them to suddenly be like a, top 25 offense or anything like that it was interesting watching them because when they played bad teams they were able to get uh like j michael cernovit open who by yeah. the way is not on this team anymore but they, they were able to hit some some players in stride they were able to throw the ball a little bit but i mean really the strength i think this year is going to be in that running game right you you don't just have Jaden Ott, but you have byron caldwell who came over from oregon yeah. i liked him a lot and it just seemed like i don't think there's anything wrong with him i think he just got buried on that team because they were they were running the ball with him for a bit. I'm like, that guy's good. And then it was like that Western Kentucky transfer. They, they just a couple other guys really just showed up and were able to um, be able to move the ball a little bit more effectively than Cardwell, who's still young. So, I mean, being able to have Ott and Cardwell in a running game, I think is interesting. But at the end of the day, like we have to start with the quarterback because um, this could be. I don't like moving on from from Musgrave. Like I'm not going to compare Spadaball to like Richrod because that's not what this is. But like remember those Richrod teams where you had 
players that could run, but they couldn't do much else. Like, I'm really worried that Sam Jackson, who the was the four-star transfer from TCU, is going to do that where it's like, I don't think he's a good I don't think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a great athlete and a very fast athlete and he'll be interesting right. to watch. <laughs> right. But but like I mean and, and it was interesting because a lot of Cal a lot of Cal fans, like the five Cal fans were basically saying, Okay, all right, well we got Sam Jackson, but keep a lookout for the portal. We might get another quarterback. And then they got like the the backup quarterback from NC State who started like started in the Duke's Mayo Bowl and has more interceptions basically than 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 touchdowns. That worries me where the, just this quarterback situation could be a real mess. Yeah, I mean it's uh, offensively, they definitely feel like they're heading I mean, not that they've been heading in a good direction, but, you know, like it definitely feels as if, I mean, they're not returning much either. They're at number 91 in Bill Connolly's returning production. They only return 58% of the offensive production. Um, and to your point, like they lost some good players. Now, yeah, they bring in, you know, Jackson from TCU. Spadaval has made it work. I mean, he his best year as an offensive coordinator and the one that got him the Texas State job was at AM. And I mean, this feels like forever ago. He was at Texas State for a long time. Um, Johnny Manziel's second year, because first year when he won the Heisman, wow. he had Kingsbury as his OC. His second year, Spadaval was his OC. Um and I mean, look, like you're, if you're a Cal fan, you know, like you're, I mean, you're not going to have anything nearly like the talent of those A&M teams, but you're hoping for the Spadaval can come up with something like that, which is where you've got a guy who's fairly athletic. You have some air raid principle passing around him, right? So like you have some highly simplified routes so that the guys aren't having to be out there thinking too hard. Um, and you're able to, you know, cobble together some offense. I mean, look, I mean, like they've been so bad for so long on offense. You know, you'll take any, I mean, if you're a Cal fan, you, if you even get up into the sixties, fifties offensively, you know, like that's a pretty good year for spat particularly, I think to your point, like, man, like if Jackson can't throw, like, this could be trouble because uh, like, I mean, Spadaval, you know, he, he, he has had, I mean, he, like his chops are sort of like more airy lineage. Now, look, he seems like a, he's plenty smart enough guy to figure out running the football. If that's what he's got to do. Um, but man, like if they're going to be reliant on the QB run game and they don't have a lot of wide receiver, this could be a, t- this, this could be a tough season, I think for Kyle offensively. Um, but I, I mean, I think the big thing for them is like, you'd like to see some improvement, but the defense, I mean, them taking a big step back last year is what really, I think you start to wonder if like, when do the, when do the sharks start to circle in Berkeley or on Wilcox? Yeah. I, I would push back a little bit with the wide receiving uh, court. Now they lost some, I mean, they lost their tight ends. They lost J Michael Sertovit, but Jeremiah Hunter was their best wide receiver. He returned six two two Oh five. He's got a big body. I think he, I, I was impressed with him last year. He's an upperclassman this year. Uh, they were able to bring in Maven Anderson and Monroe Young, who were both able to get about 300 yards as true freshmen or maybe redshirt freshmen, but younger guys on the team. They return, you know, Jaden Ott. One of the things that was interesting with him was he was both good on the ground, but also he was able to get out in that backfield and catch passes. Yeah. So, so there are there are players there. The worry, though, is, I mean, I think every well, may, not everybody <laughs> should we all be blessed enough to. To never have experienced this before, but if you've been a fan of a bad team with a bad quarterback with good wide receivers, it is the most infuriating like oh, no. ordeal yeah. ever, and that could be the case here. I would, and and I I don't know if we're gonna see like th- this. This is something that'll be really fascinating to watch. Is can can Cal make a switch if Sam Jackson isn't a good thrower? 
because he'll be so dynamic on the ground. And and like we've just I've just seen this movie before and it sucks because they do have a backup, but I would like if I were to bet money, I would bet money that that um Finley doesn't see the field and it's Sam Jackson or bust. And yeah. you know, and like I don't know, I don't know if like bringing in, you know, look, uh, Finley's been able to 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 he's he's been able to um see the field. He does have starts under his belt, but I just don't know how good he actually is. And if that's the case, I think I think it's a problem. I, the one thing though that's interesting is like you're right that they lose production, but I mean they return a decent amount on the offensive line. I don't think it was that good last year, but they do return. <laughs> no, I mean remember we talked about this, right? Their offensive line coach, like the the chickens were going to come home to roost, right? Like like good recruit, but he couldn't necessarily coach. Um, I think that's although did he get fired? Man, I, I think he was. And the, the thing, too, that was was ridiculous about him was he didn't recruit and he didn't coach. I know. Like, yeah, he <laughs> like, that's the worst of all possible. No, he did. Kevin Sumlin he did. Him, right? they, so they've got uh, Mike Bloch is now um, the offensive line coach. So, look, I mean, like you could have some improvement, but I would say, I mean, like I and, and I, I don't think even if you're going to see some improvement, like it's hard to just like, it is hard to just let isn't, this isn't like hiring a, you know, a great play caller and you just turn it around immediately. Like hiring a good offensive line coach, it takes, it takes a little while for that impact to really filter all the way through. Um, and I think that's a concern for Cal coming in here and you're right. I mean, that could leave them with Jackson at QB. Um, yeah. because if your offensive line struggling and you need a quarterback who can extend plays or also make, you know, not just extend plays to so that he can throw, but, you know, get positive yardage with his feet. If things break down, like you're going to need Jackson in there for that. Yeah. I just think it puts a ceiling on what this offense can be. Let's assume that the offensive line is 10 or 15% better. You know, that is not guaranteed by the way. It's like not at all, but let's just, let's just make that assumption for what, for what Cal's offense can be. You have, uh, some decent wide receivers, a good run game, not a great offensive line and a guy that can't throw. And I just think that unless, unless Sam Jackson really turns it around, he's really able to connect. It will be fun to watch, but it will be difficult to watch because I think I mean, it just caps what, what this team can do. So football, this is a advanced ish stat. Um, their line yards, which is the amount of their rush, you know, the amount of their average rushing yards that you're going to, you know, apply back to the offensive line. Um, Cal had 2.52 there. They grayed out a number 98 overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they were also, I mean, like, uh, uh, you know, they really hurt on, I mean, they were at 3.6. This isn't bad. 3.6 on sacks rate last year. That's more of a quarterback stat. Sacks are more of a quarterback stat holding on to the football. And I mean, is dude, that could go up with Jackson. There. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I get like, I, I mean, like with Ott, like, I mean, I, I do think you can talk yourself into Cal running the football because of Ott, but like they did not run the ball well last year outside of that Arizona game much at all. Um, and then they really struggled to sustain, you know, their yards per carry uh, in yeah. a big way. I'm, I'm just, there, there is a world where Cal's decent. Let's say Jackson could just get out and do stuff. Yeah. And, and like, you're right about the, the, the rushing game, but they do have good players there. Like I do think God is a a good running back. I do think Cardwell is a good running back. They have the wide receivers. They return like basically four starters on the offensive line. 
Um, so there is a world where you look at Cal and you go, oh, like that offense actually wasn't bad. And it, it, it's going to be Sam Jackson bailing them out and just doing funky stuff. And, uh, and and it'll be interesting to watch. But then when you flip it over the defense, I just think that, you know, like I, I have gone I have gone to the cathedral and lit like six candles for Brett Johnson. May he may he finally see the field and be healthy. Yes. Like, he finally right. He plays out of position. He's, he's this four star big recruit that they were able to get his his first year. He's playing out of position. He's a defensive end, basically playing defensive tackle. Right, him. right. Because they, they need a bot. We, we need the dudes. And he did what he could, man. He was out there doing his thing. Um, he gets hurt for the second year. He's finally healthy. He gets in a car crash his yeah. third year. And you're just like, my life. I mean, and he's somebody that really does have some potential. And if, and really the idea with them, with Cal was like, all right, well, if you move Johnson over, because they have been bringing in some bigger bodies, um, like Ricky Correria, I think is how you pronounce his name, uh, the, the nose tackle. Stanley McKenzie's a bigger guy. So if on paper, if he's healthy, that's not terrible. Like it's, you could do worse. No, I know, but better. like, this is one of those ones of like, it's so hard to get, it's so hard to get big bodies in the portal. Right. Like it's yeah. so hard. And like, you know, like, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, Arizona fans were going nuts about that guy that transferred in from Georgia. And I'm like, did that guy play a snap on yeah. defense? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like he was a four star at one point, you know? And like, I mean, if you're Arizona, take Georgia's castaways. Absolutely. Um, but it is tough. Like I think in particular, it's tough to get offensive and defensive linemen out of the portal. I mean, Cal's recruiting, I mean, has great. I mean, their two year rolling recruiting average right now is at 55 overall. I mean, that's and that includes and that includes a group of five teams, right? So like, yeah. Like, oh, 55 is not that bad. No, like you are. There's like 10 teams worse than you in the in the country, basically paying for a power five conference. Yeah, that's I mean, that's that's really bad. Um, and then D like, yeah, I mean, now, now they do return now where they return a lot is on defense. They're number 14 in returning production on the defensive side of the ball. They've got 78 percent coming back. I mean, like if we sort of taught, like, I mean, I tried to allude to this a little bit is like, maybe it's, you know, you took your lumps, they learn their positions. Hopefully everybody's got some experience and they play better. I mean, I would expect some improvement. I mean, but they fell back so far. I mean, they're like, it is, it is a not insignificant improvement just to get back to middle of the power five from where they fell to. Yeah. And and that was the thing for, for a while, I think some, perception it was it was very similar with Stanford on, on the offensive side where the there was this perception that Stanford's going to run the ball Stanford still has the, the 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 players because you see the front of the jersey but then if you look under the hood you just kind of go like hey Stanford's falling off and Stanford continues to fall off the defense is like that too here we're you know we're, we're what like six years removed from who's the guy that like tackled everybody and their mother oh yeah uh, and they, they, I mean, that whatever that defense was, that was a good defense, and it wasn't just right. the fact that they had good linebackers; they had good secondary. God, players. That guy was like, like the second coming of Scooby, right? Like he yeah, was, yeah. like <laughs> he was like the. He, he tackled Evan. Oh God, what is it, Evan? Evan, not Walters. His Evan face, Weaver. Evan, Evan Weaver. Weaver. His right. face was it like entirely made out of rectangles and like. <laughs> Evan Weaver, may may he uh, may he make it to the College Football Hall of Fame? Yeah, because uh, that guy was fun. So, and and one more one more point. This and then we should talk about some of the other players here. Is that I have heard so many previews uh, of and it's not just Pac-12 fans; it's just all college football fans that uh, that constantly say, "Oh, well, we'll get somebody in the portal. Oh, well, we're searching the portal for a tackle." 
And I'm like, hey, man, like if you don't have your NIL game going on, there's like, hey, hey, there's like five good tackles in the portal. Right. And B, they're all getting scooped up by somebody that's going to pay them a ton of money. And that goes not just for offensive tackles, it goes for defensive tackles, too. So it is so like if you are a fan next year and you are going, don't worry, we're going to fill our big guy plug by going into the portal and, and us at, at Cal or Washington State or Arizona or co- even like Colorado. Colorado might be a little different because of prime, but it's so hard. Like your offensive and defensive lines are pretty much what they're going to be unless you are a, a, a program that has a lot of NIL money and you have the, the coaches and the resources. And guess what? That's not the Pac-12 and it's not going to be um, in the coming. So I just want to I just want to plant my flag there because I've probably yeah. heard that comment like 30 times on podcasts that is driving me nuts. Like you're not going to find a tackle. Like, no, no, I mean, so you can't, I mean, what you can do, I mean, and like, I mean, I, I think eventually teams that like smart people are going to figure this part out and they have not yet. Um, you, you need to home grow your offensive and defensive lines, right? Like you need to home grow those folks and then you can go out into the portal and get some skill guys, right? Yeah. I mean, like, and yeah. and uh, I think that can work. I mean, you need a quarterback. Like, the portal's great place to go for a quarterback, man. Like, there's plenty of QB transfers in there that were fairly highly rated and may, may have some playing experience and all of that. Man, you need you need a you need a guard that can really play. Like, good freaking luck, right? Like, um, and, and more power to those guys. They're going out to get paid, like. Um, you know, like I, but I, I think that like there, there is, I think like there's a, there's a world in which teams are going to recruit fairly well and they may have their NL, NIL game really figured out if they coach their guys up that they recruit well, they may find themselves in position to portal well, but I don't know that there's anybody in the pac 12 that I would talk about in sort of that range right now. Um, if I, were, I would put it this way. If I were an AD, um, or if I were I would actually, if I were a head football coach and I was, I was putting my money on the table, like what am I going to spend my money on? Right. I think I, I would spend more money for a, an offensive line coach than pretty yeah. much any other position coach. Now, like you're absolutely right. You got to get the players in, you got to treat them well. You got to treat them with respect. You got to show them that they can grow. I mean, look at, look at what's going on at Oregon state. We always point there, but like Oregon state with Mahal check, like that guy, those, yeah, they're at they're at the point now where teams are like where teams are picking off their secondary players like, oh, well, right. like, that, that guy didn't see a snap, but he was coached by Mahalchek. Let's take a flyer on him. That's, right. That's impressive. Like, I mean, and, and that I think I mean, I would. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would put I would still put it OCDC. But then my next hire is offensive line coach. And then the one after that is defensive line coach. Right. Like those guys are like they are going to make or I mean, look, you can scheme around a little bit of bad line it's you can't really scheme around a bad defense <laughs> like, there's lord help you <laughs> well we'll take it a, oh go go ahead go ahead no but like i mean i think with cal i mean like i've just when we talk about like the defense like they are they're gonna have to get a lot better at on in on all phases right like they didn't create enough three and outs they didn't create enough turnovers you could put together long drives against them you know and like and in some of their you know some of their games you know, like they were really, I mean, they, they, and they lost some, you know, they, they won some, they won some, they won some interesting games. They lost some dumb games where they just kind of hung around and like, you just kind of felt like no one took them seriously. Right. In some of those games, like that USC game, you're like, how in the world? Um, 
but they did, I mean, I will give them credit. Like they did take advantage of, you know, they, they were able to take advantage of some teams, maybe not giving them their best shot, but I mean, like Cal's defense didn't finish all that well. And they held Washington to 28 points, right? Like, you know, they held USC to 41, but like, you know, I mean, like, and they still, if you look overall the season, like they really struggled comparatively, like, you know, across the season. And like, I mean, they only beat UNLV by six. <laughs> <laughs> and that like, and if you take a look at, at what they're doing, we, we just kind of dumped on teams, like in terms of fans that talk about, oh, we'll go to the portal. Now, to your point, they did go to the portal for some of these other positions. And, and like, I might even say a little too much. Like you take a look at with a hole that they're trying to plug. Right. So they, they got I me mean, Jackson sermon uh, returns and he's obviously, you know, from the team, but, and Xavier Carlton, who was the, the uh, Utah transfer, but Sergio Allen, who's probably slated uh, to play inside linebacker was a Clemson transfer who didn't see the field. You got um, Noel Williams, who is a UNLV corner transfer. Good luck with that. Like I've, I've, I mean, look, you know, each player is, each player is different, but uh, Arizona's tooled around with some UNLV transfers. Didn't work out too well. No. Um, now they did. They did get Patrick McMorris, who's probably going to be their strong safety um, at a San Diego State. Now that's one where I'm like, oh, that's that's a little bit intriguing to me. The fact that they were able to bring somebody there. Uh, you know, when you're looking at the the secondary and you're taking a look at the linebacking core, does anything jump out for you? And 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 you know, or what are they going to need to? fix more in terms of the numbers if they're gonna like one of the problems too it's a chicken and egg they didn't get home last year at all like the defensive line like they had like no sacks which makes the secondary run around which you know it's just this perpetual problem yeah i mean like they're gonna i mean they're really gonna have to turn things around i think overall right i mean like they're the the defense they were they could put they could put together I mean, they had their moments like they did their best at containing explosive drives at 47 overall there. But like you could put together long drives against them like they didn't force enough three and outs, not enough turnovers. That really comes from, to your point, like not getting home on the pass rush. Um, You know, I mean, and they did decent overall at turnover margin, like they finished tied for 24th overall. Um, And that helped. Right. I mean, like the fact that they didn't turn the ball over a lot. um, you know, they had 18 overall turnovers to only six overall loss. Like that, that helps explain some of those close games we're talking about in there, but they're going to need, I mean, they need really, I would say like the thing that would probably help them most coming into this year, given the way the PAC 12 slants, which is a league that's likely going to want to throw the ball around a bit. I mean, other than Utah, um, you definitely, I mean, and you could start probably maybe argue Troy Taylor Stanford. He ran the ball a bit at the FCS, but is um you know you're gonna need to defend the pass they really need to shore up that secondary and make sure they've got a pass rush yeah you know taking a look at the the schedule here it's just fascinating right they have to go to denton texas to play freaking northern texas like, what are we what are we doing here uh so, they must schedule they must have scheduled the two for one which is you don't where you don't pay the group of five for the game you just like you take two at your place and one at their place yeah yeah that's likely what they did and then they got to play um the the offensive coordinator at Washington State, which I'm not too scared of, but they, they could lose that game. They have Auburn. Hugh Freeze comes to Berkeley. That's going to be wild. Um, yeah, you know, then you got Idaho. So I mean, like <laughs> the non-conference, right? You could go one and two. You could go two and one. I mean, like, look, this Auburn team isn't great, but I do. They're a lot more talent. They're a lot more talented than Cal, even if they're not great. Well, to Wilcox's credit. I mean, he has just in these non-conference games, 
just really punched above his weight. That that might be a game where I I bet the spread, but I don't I don't actually bet on Cal straight up. But and they do have them at home. I mean, like Old Miss came there and lost. Uh, they went to Old Miss and I mean, it's just Old Miss that they've beaten basically. <laughs> There's this long track record of Cal <laughs> surprising. Well, no, remember the, uh, Nevada? Nevada came with that oh, yeah. back that everybody thought was going to be good, and, and they ended up uh, handling. Anyway, um, so it's interesting. Like it's pot. There's a world where they go three and zero. Oh, there's a world where they're zero oh and three or uh, uh, one and two in the non-conference. And then just taking a look at what they got here on the road at Washington. Um, they do get Arizona, uh, Arizona State, so that gives them an opportunity to, to yeah. pick up a win. Um, you know, Oregon State, Utah, and then it's the USC, Oregon. I don't know. I, I guess we'll probably do this on the on the um, on when we do our season win totals, right? Because going through each one of these is going to take some time. But you know, let's just talk about the non-conference. That probably keeps things going here. But uh, you well, know, they rotate else? off. I mean, they're going to rotate off Arizona, and they rotate off, and they're not going to play Colorado this year. Right. Yeah. So that, I mean, like you, what you like, who'd they get? They get, they get Utah and then they get ASU. ASU right. I mean, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, maybe that's a, like, you definitely rather play Colorado and maybe Arizona again. You swap that out. Cause like Utah's a real, they, you know, they get a real tough trip to Salt Lake um, yeah. out of this flip over. I mean, it's a, it's a tough schedule. You know, like they're they're not going to miss anybody in the north. They get both of the really good teams in the south, and they also, of course, always play UCLA. Um, and I think we've hit the point where, like, we should all like, I like Chip Kelly could have you know like somebody who he found who was like washing cars, <laughs> like playing tight end, <laughs> like you know, like Chip Kelly's going to put out a pretty good offense, even if he's converting over defensive linemen to play offensive line. Like if he's like finding former walk-ons to play tight end, like, um, yeah, it'll be good. Right. Like, um, you know, and you've got like, you get, you got the Idaho game on there, like North Texas, you know, like they, North Texas hasn't been bad. Now they, you know, they have the coaching change, you know, like they, they, but you know, they haven't been terrible these last couple seasons. Like they project a little ahead of where Cal is, um, you know, and they get the home bump. Um, this could be a tough, I mean, this, there's, there's not a lot of guaranteed wins on here. And, and a lot of the, a lot of the North, including, I mean, you talk about Oregon state potentially being like a, a decent dark horse pick in there. This is a tough one, right? Like you're going to have an Arizona state and then you're going to, you're going to play a bunch of teams that are pretty good. Then you get Wazoo and Stanford and then you get UCLA. Like, I, I think the tough thing is, is like if they were to lose to Auburn, right. The tough thing would be like if they lost to North Texas, <laughs> but if, if they were to lose to Auburn, you know, you beat Idaho, you know, you're going to like, they really need, they really need to beat Arizona state because otherwise they're going to have to surprise someone. Cause that's when the losses could potentially start piling up and that could really hurt. Yeah. I just don't see this team being a bull team. I think that, I think it's no. just a, a bad, bad pack 12 team. And uh, maybe they, maybe they jump and surprise somebody because they, they catch them sleeping, but they did that last year. And I just don't I, like, right. I think I circled that UCLA game as like, like UCLA is not going to get, not going to care about this game. Um, I think this year they do. I think this year that it's, and I don't even remember what the, the results were from that. There was a couple of games where I'm like, ah, oh, Cal can go bite somebody here, but I just, 
I don't think it happens this year, man. I think they're the, the, the good teams are better in Cal and, and they've seen teams get bit by Cal. I just don't see this being a, a team that really punches above their weight. I mean, Cal managed to, I mean, like advanced stats picks this kind of stuff up. Like if, if teams were just continually having bad games against the bears, um, you know, and it wasn't like turnover driven or something like that. Like they picked that, like the advanced stats would pick it up and Cal would improve Instead, Cal looked really bad. And yet they still played a bunch of teams, which tells you like they had some luck going in their favor. Not likely to get that again. Right. It's sort of like people are like, Oh, USC's turnover luck could just continue forever. And you're like, will it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For real. Um, all right. We good on, we good on Cal. Yeah. I think we're good on the bears. Let's, let's hop over and do the Cardinal. Go to the Mountain West, guys. Like, just if you don't care, you don't care. Um, right, Which one? About, yeah, that's true. <laughs> let's talk about Stanford, and let's do it right after this. Which? All right, we're back. We're talking Stanford football, which which may uh, it may be one of the worst teams in the country this year. I mean, it, it is. This is a a program that finally made the coaching change, right? You know, here comes Troy Taylor back from Utah from, you know, he's, he's like MacArthur. He's coming back, coming back and said he was going to return. He's back. At <laughs> that is a, that is a hell. Like I've, I've recently been on some MacArthur kicks, like where I've just been running into him and other things that I've been reading. And I'm like, man, like that guy was a dick. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> like, he was. Just yeah. <laughs> massive. Our apologies to Troy Taylor for, uh, yeah, for like, not, not at all a compliment. <laughs> uh, comes over from Sacramento State where he he had some success, and and to be fair to Troy Taylor, I don't know what the situation was at Utah when he was offensive coordinator. You know, he was one of like he was like the third or fourth sacrificial lamb that was there <laughs> until they they finally fit. Andy Ludwig. So, <laughs> Andy Ludwig feels like the only guy that Kyle Whittingham will let cook, right? Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, or either that or nobody else could figure out how to take the ingredients that were in the cupboard and make anything out of it. Dude, they're like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? The, the key, the key is like, no, Kyle. I'm gonna put three tight ends on the field. He's like, oh, okay, you got it. We're gonna run the ball, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah, Kyle. Right. Of course, we're over the ball. So, so it's interesting because he um, he's going to be the offensive coordinator and head coach, and I think he's going to be the quarterback coach. So he has a lot of hats, um, and and he has and he has a bad quarterback. Like I just do not think Ari Paytu is good, um, and there's not a lot behind him, and that is where I'm going to start this <laughs> Stanford preview because. Last year, I really enjoyed like, um, and I, oh my gosh, I forget the guy's name right now. But the the quarterback that was there, we were just talking about him all the time. Um, when he had like two seconds of time, he was able to get the ball out, um, and he ended up getting drafted. And I think this is the first time I can think of in a long time where Stanford didn't have one and or two quarterbacks that I was like, well, if this one doesn't work out, there's one behind him. I just think that uh, Patu's. It was Tanner Tanner McKee. Tanner McKee, that's right. Yeah. Um, 28 year old Tanner McKee just slinging darts out at the, at the farm. <laughs> I mean, for, for an offense that was truly hideous, he wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And like, so I actually think he's going to be decent. So, and there's the, the Stanford quarterback that's starting for the Texans where I'm like, right. that guy was good. He just was on a terrible team. And so I, I'm wondering if that happens to McKee also, but 
So I, I think here with, with Stanford, well, well let's have, go through the numbers here. What, what, what was the Stanford team last year? Oh, buddy, they fell all the way down to 91 in beta rank. Um, and they had been sort of hovering. I mean, they had been very bad on defense for a good long time. Now, they did improve a little bit last year on defense, surprisingly. They got up to 88 overall um, off of what had been a really hideous, hideous team, team defending, defending last or the last couple of years. Um, they finished at 92 on offense, and that's where the fall off really came in. Is like offensively, they just were not able to figure it out, um, and they kind of like bottomed out. Now they finished at 69 in effective pass, which is nice but not good. Um, 106 in effective rush. They really couldn't run the football. Haven't been able to in years. Defensively, last year, like they couldn't stop the run to save their lives. 128 in effective rush. One of the very worst rushing defenses in all of college football. Now you flip that around. They could defend the pass reasonably well. They were 17 in effective pass. Um, Dwayne Aquinas still remains good. <laughs> Did he retire? I no, he, he is. He's he, still there. No, no, he is now a uh, off the field advisor for Arizona football. He is back in Tucson. Oh, there you go. We'll go get paid. You know. Like yeah, he's he's just people, retiring like, and playing golf and just like showing up for a couple meetings every day. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like they have, of course, like their work absolutely cut out for them on both sides of the ball trying to bounce back. I mean, and we don't, I mean, they're actually projected, um, you know, they finished at 91 overall. Uh, we actually have them projected to get worse this year. I mean, of course, like the projection model doesn't know that David Shaw is not coaching anymore, um, but projected at 104 overall coming in the recruiting. What we talk about has been good. Like in their two year rolling recruiting average, it's only at 30 overall. Um, which isn't bad for a lot of the Pac-12. Um, you know, a lot of teams in the Pac-12 on their overall recruiting. I mean, this is not an average of the rankings themselves. This is a like a total ranking of the play, like the player scores. It is an average of the player scores that have come in. Um, so yeah, like they're they're projected to be really just as bad as Colorado, which is saying something. I think one thing to mention is, you know, I was going off on uh, pots too, but they do bring in a Stanford transfer that I don't think seen the field and, and Jensen, uh, Justin Lamson. So I mean, like when you're, when you're pulling in, uh, who, who is Justin? Oh, he was from Syracuse. Yeah. Syracuse quarterback. So those, <laughs> those are the two guys lined up there. When we look at the skill positions, it's, it's interesting, right? Because I think the quarterback is going to be a problem. And, but they do return EJ Smith, who was injured last year, and Casey Filkins, who actually like filled in fairly admirably for him. Like all things considered, w- wasn't bad. Uh, when we look over to the wide receivers, they lose a ton of players. Like this, this was that year. Remember, like the there was two or three years ago, we we're like, hot damn, Stanford's just bringing in wide receiver after wide receiver that were all four star. You know, in that mold, they were either big or they were talented, and almost all those guys are gone. They have John Humphreys as kind of the the one Highlander that remains. They were able to bring in a couple of borderline four-star guys. And like, uh, I think it was Media Rubin and Tiger Bachmeyer. Um, so there's a little, like to your point, there's a little bit of talent here. And obviously EJ Smith, I would assume he could be good. My worry is on the offensive line. 
they lost eight offensive linemen from last year's class through due to transfer, mostly to transfer. Um, some of these players uh, ended up, uh, you know, transferring or graduating or whatever. And that line wasn't good. Like they had, like to your point, they had talent. They just could not put it together. And you still have a couple players here, like like Bryce Farrell, who was was a borderline four star. He's been injured the last couple of years. Uh, Fisher Anderson is is an interesting player who came in with some acclaim. Um, and they, they got like one remaining, like pretty good player, uh, in, in, in terms of pedigree, in terms of, uh, Lucas Heyer, I think he's like this red, Richard freshman guy. But after that, like, there's nobody, it's like FCS transfers and walk-ons and yeah. that is super worrisome to me. Yeah. I mean, the offensive line coaching hasn't been good in a while, really since Blumgren went to rice. Um, their football outsiders line yards was 2.42. That was good for 110th overall. Um, and their sack rate was 8%. So McKee took some sacks. <laughs> I mean, I think the, like, I mean, cause I want to run through like what Taylor's offense was like a little bit. So like he had the number five offense in the FCS last season, they were, their drive efficiency number was at 17 overall. Um, they were really explosive number six overall on explosive drives. Um, number eight in negative drives, they avoided three and outs, avoided turnovers. They were number seven in effective rush versus 25 in effective pass. This is a team that just, they ran the ball a lot better. And that's what I think is interesting about this Taylor switch is like, they might try to lean into running the football a little bit and he might be able to scheme it. Um, now, they, like I mean, Sacramento State was in hands down the best FCS conference last year, the Big Sky uh, the big sky sent a ton of teams into the, you know, the FCS playoff, um, easily the deepest conference. The defense wasn't bad. He brings his coaching staff with them. They were at number 19 overall in defense last season. Um, no big run pass splits, 23 against the run, 23 against the pass. They did their best at containing explosive drives, number 12 overall. You could drive against them a bit. Um, but I think I just, I'm fascinated to see what Taylor comes up with, with, with what he's got here, because it's like, to your point, Stanford had been, and we talked about this, like, cause people would still say like, it's, Oh, it's Stanford. It's he man football. And you're like, what year, when was the last time you watched Stanford? My friend, like, um, they had been leaning into throwing the football. It, the slow mesh, right? Like, yeah, they tri- so that's <laughs> trying the slow mesh behind that offensive line remains the craziest idea I've ever heard, and it worked out just about as well as you'd expect, right? Like just brutal. Um, and so I, I do think that they have, like, I think that they like if you look at like where they have it, what they have in the skill positions, you'd be like, yeah, let's run the football. Like clearly, our best players are still at running back, um, but they absolutely have to fix. They have to fix the offensive line coaching. That said, I mean, I think if you went across the Pac-12 and you compared offensive line recruiting rankings, I bet Stanford still has one of the more highly rated lines in the conference. The pro- the problem is a lot of those guys transferred. Oh, they did. Well, that's not great. Yeah. Like eight, I think there's like four transfer. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty brutal. (laughs) And they're bringing in like a lot of FCS guys and they're, they might even move a defensive lineman over. Like, so, Oh, they're at, they're at 127 and Bill Connolly's returning production. 127 on offense, 126 on defense. Oh man. Stanford. Stanford's going to be <laughs> horrible, horribly bad. And, and here's the problem, right? So you're, you're relying on um, 
old pedigree. There's like three guys left on the line, basically total. There's one young guy, so that's four. You have a converted defensive tackle. You have a bunch of FCA. So if anybody gets hurt on this line, it, it devolves into a total mess. And that's worrisome. So I, I hear you in terms of running the ball. Like, I think they should. Right. But at some point as they play, it, I, it's just it, I don't even know if they're going to have bodies to, to field a good offensive line, period, where it could be. I don't know, man. Like it's, it's no, no. There's, I mean, so like, I mean, on the bright side, I mean, they get Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> who is it? Who is in the midst? Like Timmy Chang is still in the midst of like trying to crawl out from the Todd Graham crater. There, so like Stanford is slightly favored in the model against Hawaii on the road. Um, but after that, you know, other than the FCS game, they're not going to be favored in another game all season. Yeah, there. But like, oh man, because when you take a look, you go, okay, well maybe maybe the wide receiver, right? They they've got tight ends that they throw to, and you know they they got they got some pass catchers. But who's going to throw the ball? Like that's the problem. Where you go, you kind of there's a bright spot here. You go, oh look at that bright spot, and then you go, but but then oh no, it's right. almost like that on the defense too, where. I think on the defense, they, they have interesting players. Like they have recruited really well at yeah. the defensive end and the linebacking spot. So right. that holds. And, and I think that's even a stronger front in terms of their recruiting than the offensive line. The offensive line has kind of been a slow decline with, yeah. with some bright spots every now and then, but, but overall there's still some people in there, the defensive end and, and linebacker position. Those guys are studs. Yeah. There's no secondary. Like there's no, nobody. Are they're all gone. Like they all transferred yeah. out. Like, yeah. Great. <laughs> so you're hoping there's some backups in there that a queen, a Kena coached a bit, right? <laughs> like, oh, you're hoping so, right? He like left everybody a handwritten note, right? Like, with, with but a, I mean, they have to, they have, I mean, their priority number one is patch up that run defense. They were gouged last season running the football. Um, you know, like where are we at here? National. Let's go ahead and look rushing defense. Average. Oh yeah, Stanford Stanford gave up a truly astounding 6.08 yards per carry. <laughs> I know, good for 129 in the FPS. Oh, Lord Almighty. I mean, that's one of those ones where it's like, I mean, it's it's, you know, the numbers are so bad like you would not if you you know, um you would not in any way choose to throw the ball against Stanford if you didn't have to, right? Like, I mean, they, they gave up so many yards running the football. You'd be out of your mind to go in there and choose to have, like, just throw against them compared just comparatively. Cause they're so, they were so bad at defending the run. I do think some of those numbers were just the team quit and you can yeah. see it. Oh on yeah. The field. You watch some of those Stanford games and like, even Shaw's like, well, guys, here we are, you know, what are we going to do? So I, I so that that's interesting because I, like Tobin Phillips, when he was recruited, was fine, but he was at least a big body. Anthony yeah. Franklin. Like, there's some players here that like the one guy to keep a lookout for is this guy named David Bailey, who is a I think he played outside linebacker, but he was he was legit and Stanford really likes him. Um, they brought in a, a, a transfer from FIU that led the team in tackles, which you know, say <laughs> hooray, yeah. the Florida International, good job, but. 
there are at least some interesting bodies here where I think you might actually see some sort of improvement for, for, for two reasons. The first is um, they have some young players coming through. And second, they just probably stopped playing at the end of the year. I don't know. Is that a fair? I mean, that seems pretty fair. I mean, you look at the end of this. I mean, in particular, like the end of the season where they probably checked out, right? Like you've got UCLA, you know, Washington, now Washington State. Um, but you've got Utah, Cal, and BYU. I mean, all of those teams had other than Washington state had pretty good running backs and probably just ran the ball down their throats after Stanford had quit. Now they were coming off of two weird wins at that point. <laughs> they, they beat Notre Dame 16 to 14 oh, I forgot, I forgot and then they that. beat, oh, like, they beat Arizona state 15 to 14. <laughs> gosh, College football is the best. What a stupid like, season. I totally forgot. I mean, they that. barely, they lost a, like, and it's weird because like they, up until that point, they were kind of hanging around, right? Like they, they definitely gotten blown out a bit by USC and Washington and Oregon. But then you're looking and you're like, oh, like the schedule lightens up. They go and they lose to Oregon state by one. They beat Notre Dame. They beat Arizona state. And then they just get waxed down the back stretch with five straight losses you know, and the closest one they had was a seven point loss to a really bad Cal team. I mean, to the Notre Dame point, is there anybody at Stanford that's like, Oh yeah, the rivalry against Notre Dame. We've got to keep it going. You know, it's been 500 years since I just, just tell that guy to screw off unless he's right. Unless he's, unless he's endowing the, uh, what is it? The, the Tanner McKee, you know, offensive (laughs) coordinator of football position. Like, yeah, just end it. Well, I mean, I, I think it's funny because, like, if you're Stanford, right, like, this rivalry against Notre Dame, like, it. I mean, this is a totally self-serving rivalry from Notre Dame and Stanford's, like, standpoint, right? So, like, Notre Dame wants to associate themselves with the classiest academic institutions in the world. And, it's like, I mean, they're, Notre Dame is a very, very good school. But, you know, getting to go play Stanford is getting to go and say, like, oh, we're going against, you know, like it's a it's an academic, you know, rivalry type thing as well. Um, but if you're Stanford, you get to put yourself up against and continue to say we have a rivalry against one of the most storied programs in all of college football. Right. Like, plus, I mean, like if you're St- if you're Stanford, you got to sell some tickets, man. <laughs> like oh, that's true. those yeah. years <laughs> when they have Notre Dame at home, they make Notre they make Notre Dame part of a package where you can only buy tickets if you buy tickets to the entire package of like three or four games. Um, and so they end up selling like a boatload of tickets that never get filled for most of their <laughs> football games. <laughs> well, given the marketing, give the marketing department it's due there uh, for sure. Uh, you know, any, I, my, my worry too is like we're looking here is that they lose basically their entire secondary. Yeah. Um, the starters like right. Caillou blue Kelly's gone. Uh, I think they're filling. If I got to go back and double check, but pretty sure. I don't know if they return any starters. Um, they, they, you know, it's possible they fill in a running back at strong safety this year. Yeah. Um, there was a player that quit the team uh, that might start at corner this year. I mean, it's just, you can just tell they're just, and it's t- and it's tough to bring in transfers, so it's yeah. just it, there's there's a world where they do get some they maybe they make some progress in the front seven just because they have the talent there, 
and just get torched. Yeah. Um, on the backside. But but what's weird is there's another world where they get torched in the back and the guys just don't improve because their run defense sucked anyway. <laughs> so then they're really bad. I mean, they gave. I mean, they gave up a like reasonably respectable seven point two per pass last season, which wasn't great. But compared to what they were giving up, I mean, they were almost giving that up on runs. Um, you know, and that's that's seven point two per attempt. Like runs, you get all those yards. Those runs always happen. They're always completed. <laughs> you know, like I, I just like for this Stanford squad. Like I just they, this is a tough one. I mean, like they've you maybe say like you hope they have a shot against Arizona. That's at home. They've got to go to Colorado. Maybe you hope you have a shot there and then you hope Cal hasn't made too much progress in there. And then maybe you surprise somebody, um, you know, they don't have Notre Dame this season on the schedule. So at least, Oh no, they do. It's the end of the year. I was wrong. <laughs> well, sorry, Stanford. Um, this is going to be, it's just going to be a really, really tough season. I think for them, but I think if you're a Stanford fan, weather it out. I think the Troy Taylor hire was a good hire. I think you did a really good job in the FCS. They've recruited reasonably well thus far. Um, No, I don't think that they're necessarily going to get back to where they were under Harbaugh or like the salad days um, under Shaw with recruiting, but I think they can at least be decent. And if they're well coached, like that's pretty good in the Pac-12. Yeah, it's it's just gonna you know you got to burn everything down to rebuild it back up in the forest and and that's yeah. kind of I think it's it is it's possible you know maybe maybe they're able to get a little bit of the run game the offensive line stays healthy and um and they get some out of their front seven and yeah. if that happens they probably win four games I mean I think that's kind of like, that's kind of but I mean it's just a bummer for Stanford that Shaw in order to see the writing on the wall had to bottom it out. Right. I mean, at least he finally did throw in the towel, but like they hit rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, things to look forward to at Stanford, at least here at Stanford, beautiful right. campus. Yeah. yeah just, I love it. One of my, Education's I, I were, not bad. I've heard. Yeah. If I, if I were a five-star basketball player, I, I would have, I would have gone to Stanford. Like I, I just love that school. Yeah. Um, and hope, hopefully, you know, the, the one thing that's a worry just to, to, <laughs> to end on a depressing note, uh, if they don't change their transfer rules. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's a, it's a real process, particularly now with NIL and all this stuff. I just yeah. think that it's, you know, last year, I think they were able to bring in, um, they were able to bring in the, the strong safety from Oklahoma and everybody's like, Oh snap, we got it. We got a, yeah, a player yeah. from not an FCS or like, I think they have a lot of like Ivy league transfers this year. It's just, you could tell that they're just trying to do whatever they can. And yeah, I'll just give, give a couple people a shot. You it's going to be hard. You're going to be left to almost feeling like a service Academy if you can't compete with transfers. Right. And it's weird. Cause like Stanford's got money. I mean, they're, they're coaching their offensive coordinators endowed. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so like, let your finance bros go out and spend some money to buy some football players. Right. Yeah. You should spend that freed money early, man. You don't yeah. sit on that. Just spend it early. Right. <laughs> Just as long as you're cashed out, right? Yeah, yeah, get it. Get it. That's right. That, that's the key. When somebody gives you the investment, just sell it. Just sell right. it. You know, you get that money in the door. Uh, all right. Anything else for for that? Well, uh, we should we should figure out who we're gonna talk about next. But anything else before that? 
No, I think we're good. I mean, I'm going to preview. I'm going to try to get some through some more previews this week, get through Clemson and everyone. And uh, as we start in the, I've got through the top 10. I've done two Pac-12 teams, Washington and Utah are already up. We've got a couple more to go um, in the top 25 with uh, USC and Oregon State and Oregon um, for this season. So, yeah. But uh, should we go south? Should we do... <laughs> I mean, your options are the Arizona schools, the mountain schools, or the LA schools, or we could do the Oregon schools or Washington schools. So I'd prefer to do the Washington schools because I'm already working on Washington state. You've okay. already done Washington. Fair. And I think we should just save the Arizona and the mountain schools for last. Or, or maybe, maybe we do Arizona and Utah. It's just, I have no idea what we're going to get out of Colorado. Right. Like it's just, <laughs> or Arizona state. I'm like, I have, <laughs> who's starting good question right like yeah. like it's it's you almost want to wait till the last minute so that training camp ball camp started up and you're like you start to get rumors of like someone stepping out and like maybe the beat writers put out a, like a projected depth chart yeah i get that yeah, that's what i'm looking for yeah i think it's going to be pretty hard uh, on that front so uh well we'll keep a look at so let's do the washington schools next so keep keep a look out for that um, sharpcollegefootball.com on YouTube. Also sharp college football. Rob's previews are excellent. He goes through all the numbers, um, really highlights the the coordinators, which we should, we'll make sure to do that more next one. We I kind of stepped on that this time, but it's fun to talk through what we think the scheme's going to be. Cause it's, that's important. Um, I think that's it. Oh, and, and a 12 pack radio on any podcast catcher. We'll make sure to put the audio from this. If we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. We're doing one shot, one shot. At this, so, you know. <laughs> we're trying to stick with the, the minimize the homework rule. Exactly. Yeah. All right. We'll catch everybody next week. Thanks for listening.